All right, the Ultimate OD Podcast. We have another amazing episode this week, my friends. We are starting off by talking customer service. I'll give you two P's, three C's. You apply these principles, your patients will be happier than they've ever been before. A little office talk. I want you to know that you're not in this alone. We're all going through this together. Closing thought of the day, this is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the ultimate OD podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, the ultimate OD podcast. This is Dr. Nick Lilly here. We're going to talk customer service. Customer service is the foundation of everything that we do. I'm going to give you five keys to be successful, to grow your office, to be better than average. I'm going to give you two examples right now that kind of gave me the motivation to have this talk with you this week. So two patients that were seen in an office that wasn't mine, and then I saw them this week. Number one, a patient came in, she got an exam two months ago, and she was seeing fine. Glasses were good, everything looked great, but when she looked at her prescription, she got a copy of it, there was a plus two, minus two, axis 180. And she said, I've never been farsighted in my life. I've never had a plus in front of my prescription. Why is this happening? And I asked her, well, are you having trouble seeing? She goes, no. What's going on then? Well, I've never seen a prescription like this. I called the office and it's been a week and they haven't called me back. And I was like, all right, well, let's do the exam, get you seen. And went through the exam. Everything's right. The prescription was fine. She was seeing awesome. But I kind of explained how prescriptions work and how ophthalmologists work in plus cell and optometrist work in minus cell. I think maybe for the first time she saw an ophthalmologist or an optometrist. I, I don't know. And that's why the prescription looked different. And she's like, okay, well, thank you for explaining that to me. If the other office would have just called her, I wouldn't have a new patient in my chair. Literally just take the time to call her, explain, see what's going on. The next patient came in and he got a year supply of AccuView one day moist astigmatism contacts. And he tried them out, he bought a year supply, and his left eye, he kept saying, it feels off, it feels funny, and he kept calling his RX optical. That's a chain here in Michigan. And they told him that uh, he just has to keep wearing them, he has to adjust, and finally came to my office. I did the exam, and he's over minus by point, you know, half a diopter in the left eye. Right eye was fine, half a diopter in the left eye. And he said it was just the left eye that was bothering him. I just thought, why won't people take the time to see a patient? Like, you realize they're not going to go and see you again. They're not going to spend money at your office. I'm getting patients because people are incompetent, lazy, or they just don't know what they're doing. So I'm thankful for it. But I think these are things that you can do to make yourself better than the rest. 86% of people quit a business because of a bad experience. Not, you know, multiple bad experiences. One bad experience and they're done. So you got to make sure if you have a chance to take care of your patients, you do it. You make sure you know they're take care of them. You're there to help out. You're different than everyone else, different than the bad experiences they've had elsewhere. So let's talk about the five keys to customer service. We'll call it three C's and two P's. I'm going to talk with the two P's first. The first thing is you have to be personalized. Okay. Big chains, big companies, I don't care what industry in, get caught up in protocol and procedure. Well, this is our policy. This is what we do. 
That's not what we do in a small business. That's not what we do when you're trying to ingratiate yourself to a small community when you're starting an office, when you're growing an office. You personalize your care. You have policies and procedures in place, but those are there for formality. You can make an exception. You have a relationship with them. I'm fortunate enough to be in a situation where everyone calls me Nick. They know me growing up. They know, they've known my family. They've known me for years. We have a personal relationship. If there's an issue, they know Nick's going to take care of it. Dr. Lily will help them out. So perfect example, I have a patient that 19-year-old went to college. Last year, she was having some issues. And again, it's she's over-focusing. Her eyes are drying out. We kind of got it fixed. This year, same thing. She came in in July, did the exam, gave her trials. We switched from a monthly lens to a two-week lens because I thought dryness might be playing an issue and had her trial the contacts for a week. Make sure these are good. I want to make sure before you order anything, things are good. So she does it. Week later, she's like, I'm doing great. Starts the semester. And what happens? She's having trouble again. Fine in her glasses. Same prescription. Contacts are giving her trouble, right? So I ha- she calls. She makes an appointment. She's on her own. I've been dealing with her for about the past five, six years. Her mom would always bring her in, but now she's an adult. She's doing this on her own. And her mom, kind of a control freak, is losing her mind, but letting her daughter go through the process. So goes through the process. She comes in first visit. She's like, it was good, but then it kind of got bad. So I said, did you switch the contacts? Is there anything that could be going wrong in that sense? And she didn't really know. So I just gave her a new set of contacts. She's like, yep, that fixed it. I'm doing great. So there she goes. Month later, she gives me a call again, having trouble. Come on in. Let's take a look. And I refract her. I do everything, not finding a change. So I say to her, and again, still doing fine in glasses. She was a minus two in the left, 150 in the right. In the left eye, I went down a quarter, went down to a 175. I said, just try this, see what you think. Calls back a week later. She's doing great. This It fixed everything. So I'm like, okay, what's going on with uh, what? what's your supply? How much do you have? I think she got a six-month supply. I'm not sure. She had two unopened boxes. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you two boxes. Don't worry about returning those. Here we go. But we get a call yesterday and her mom's just irate, right? She's like, well, what's going on? She told me it was the wrong prescription, you know, and I I said uh, my staff member was handling it. Basically, I told my staff member, you know, we're taking care of her, giving her six months. Just there's nothing we can do. We don't need, can't exchange the other boxes that are open. And conversation ended. She told my staff member, well, I'm not happy. I don't consider this resolved. So I said, well, here we go. Let me, let me put on my customer service hat. So I call her up. Hey, how are you doing? Um, what's going on? And she's kind of being sheepish. Not really. Well, let's get to the point. My staff member said, you're not happy. How can I help you? What's going on? What's, what's the point of frustration? And then she just starts going into this long drawn out thing. And I let her talk. I just sat there, listened to everything she was saying. And then I said, okay. And finally I, I had to kind of butt in to get my chance. And I literally let her talk for about five minutes. And I said, so this is a situation. This is what's went on. Outlined everything I just outlined to you. I said, what do you want me to do in the future? When she gives her the trials and she says they're good, should we not trust her? Should we not order? How how should we do this? And she's like, um, didn't really have an answer for that. And I said, that, which is fine. And I go, we've been working with you for years. I value you, your family. I'm going to take care of you. I, we want to return the boxes that are unopened. I go, you don't, we don't want them. COVID issues, all this stuff. Just we're making you whole. You're good. And she was, well, I just want to return. I go, and you know, I haven't charged you for any of these follow-ups. These, I'm just doing them on my own time and kind of left her kind of speechless of like, well, I don't know what I'm mad at, but I'm going to be mad. 
And I just said, don't worry. Talk to talk to your daughter. Figure it out. But I'm here to help you out. Whatever I can do to help you out. And we have a policy that if you open boxes, if they're open, we can't return things. And she had a 24-pack. So you know you can't return of the Oasis. You can't return those individual boxes, right? But I'm still hooking her up, taking care of her. But she still wanted to be angry. But at the end of the day, she was like, he's seeing my daughter. He's helping her out. She's going to college. She's kind of spreading her wings. And he's making me whole. What do I have to be mad about? Now, if I would have said, you know, this is our policy. There's nothing I can do. It's not my fault that she told me this. I would have lost a patient and a family that I've been seeing for five, six years. And you know what? If I was in her position and I was getting that kind of pushback or feedback or didn't feel like I was respected, I'll take my business elsewhere too. So that's a perfect example of number one, personalize your care. Number two, be proactive. So this is another patient that I saw this week. So he had rheumatoid arthritis and he found this out through COVID. All these bad things happened during COVID, right? His knee was just swelling up like a balloon. Went in, got it looked at, and the doctor said, I think you tore your ACL and MCL just total need reconstructive surgery. So they came in and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. They did an MRI, did all this, and it's like ACL, MCL, it's like just shredding. Well, the day of the surgery, and the guy kept telling the doctors like, I don't know what's going on. It's my other knee is getting swollen now too. And they're like, what's going on? And then they saw him and they said, what kind of accident have you been in? What trauma did you have? He's like, none. Really, this is what's happening. And they told him, well, we're not doing surgery today because the way your knee looks and the other knee swollen, this is not an ACL thing. And he looked at me and he goes, I've been trying to tell them that for the past two months, but it was virtual calls, people were getting pushed off, and I didn't get the help I needed. He goes, thankfully, I'm under good care now. The rheumatologist is awesome. I call them back. They call me back the same day. They help me out. If I have a question, they answer it. And we kind of joked and said, yeah, Dr. Google can be awful, right? But think about this. Think about you as a patient. If you have a question and you don't get the answer away, where does your mind go? What do you start doing? You start taking things into your hands, looking on Google, finding your own things, and it stresses you out. With your office, are you proactive in taking care of your patients? Something that we do is, whether it's contacts or glasses, we have a system that three to four days later, we call every patient, give them a call, ask them if they have any questions. You'd be surprised how many issues of, hey, my frames don't fit, and they didn't realize they could come in and get a glasses adjusted. Or they're having a vision thing, and my staff knows any vision issues, just schedule them to see me. Put them as an RX check. And they come in, and guess what? I talk them through it. This is how a progressive works. This is what goes on. And we, we talk through. I mean, my staff knows the basic stuff. But if they've had some issues, I say, just schedule them with me, and we'll go. Nine out of ten times, it's me telling them and just reassuring them that what we prescribe is fine, and they just wanted to know that it was normal. So we are proactive. If there is an issue, we're going to find it before they're calling us with the problem. If I have to call you and tell you why I'm having issues, I'm one, annoyed because I paid all this money, and two, did you do it right? By being proactive, being there to help them out, we are nipping that in the bud and we are giving amazing customer service. Patients love it. They love the courtesy calls. They'll call back and say, hey, thanks. No one really does this anymore. We appreciate you taking care of us. And that's building a relationship for years to come. Okay, so those were the two Ps. Personalized care, proactive in what we do. Number three, the first C, you have to be competent. And this comes down to you. And this usually is your staff. 
You're competent. You know what you're doing. You're a doctor. You've been training all this. It's your staff. And what do they need to know? And what do you train them in? Because some of the stuff you, you don't need to train them in the mechanics of gonioscopy or how to use a slit lamp or macular degeneration, right? They don't need to know those. They need to know the basics of some of this stuff, why you're doing it so they can put the patient at ease, but they're not going to know that in depth. I think you have to focus on number one, optical principles, how do progressives work, how contact lenses work. So if they're doing an INR, how to handle those, proper care, proper solutions. If you're doing specialty contacts, um, GP lenses, orthokeratology, scleral lenses, you fit them, you get the patient good to go, but your INRs, any of the maintenance, how to take care of them, insertion removal, that has to be on your staff. So teach them optics, teach them contact lenses, and then I think eye drops are a good thing. We get calls to our office all the time on how do I take care of uh, over-the-counter drops? How do I put these drops in my eyes? What's the you know protocol for how I do? So developing a list of the commonly prescribed things that you you give out to your patients, whether it's polytrim, a steroid, allergy drops, things you're comfortable, your staff communicating with the with the patients, have a list. Make sure they know how to find out what you prescribe and then going over those instructions because you and I both know you explain it in the exam room and they're like, oh yeah, I got it. And then they leave and they have no idea what they're taking. They're putting the wrong drop in, the wrong eye, etc. So make sure your staff can communicate that. I think warm compresses and lid scrubs are always good um, in clear care. Clear care solution, something I don't need to take the time to, but my staff can explain to patients that are having issues. But Make sure they know optical, make sure they know contacts, and then the last thing in that competency, front desk stuff. So they have to be experts with insurance, whether that's vision insurance, managed care, how the nuances work, intricacies of, yeah, you can use it for glasses and have a contact lens eval still covered, or no, it covers one or the other. If you take Spectera, what's in the formulary, what's not, and be able to convey that to a patient in a competent way that they understand. You know, you can talk, well, we have $150 allowance and X, Y, and Z, but if the patient doesn't understand, that's horrible customer service, and they're even more confused than before. They blame that insurance shortcoming is because of your office. Say that we're a slave to the insurance, but we just want to help you out. We try to help maximize your benefits. That'll go a long way with the patient because they don't understand it. Half the time, they get a new insurance, and they have to come see you. Well, make sure that you're, they know you're happy to have them and that you're an expert in this insurance. The other thing is scheduling issues. Whenever you're scheduling a patient, that they know how to do it effectively. You don't want to put a diabetic patient that you're going to dilate right before lunch. You don't want to put an INR last patient of the day. Doing those things will provide better customer service for the patient because you're not going to be pushed. The staff's not going to be anxious to get out because this patient that's doing an INR, just learning how to wear contacts, is keeping them from getting home to their families. So knowing how to schedule is, I think, a big thing that you can do with competency. Within that whole competency realm, make sure they have power, all right? Know who takes care of what. So warranties, frame or lens warranties, pretty much everyone in your office should be able to handle that. Billing issues, that's a little bit higher up on the totem pole. If you have a biller, make sure that's who's handling that or your office manager. And then refunds, whenever it comes to cash or giving money back to a patient, I generally let my office manager handle any of that stuff if it's a fair swap. But if you're giving money back to a patient, make sure it runs by you. 
It's your office, and sometimes you know how to make things better than your office manager can. You have a few more things that you're willing to settle on, so have a hierarchy. Who do they talk to if they have a problem? If there's anything, like I said, having to do with glasses or eye care, that's me. If there's anything else in the office, my staff should be prepared to work with it, and then the office manager knows what her her abilities are, what she can do. I generally say if it ever has to do with a billing issue, make sure you run it by me if it's something, like I said, where you have to give money back, but don't make me the person that's talking to them directly, okay? Always have a buffer when it comes to money and you're the doctor. Everyone knows you're the practice owner, you make the final call, but have that buffer. Use your office manager as the person, as the intermediary, because it gets really awkward when the doctor is now talking to them about money refunds, finances. Try to keep yourself in the clinical realm of the of the office. Anything that has to do with the business, obviously you run it and do it, but have someone else be the figurehead. It'll just make your office a little bit better to work with. Next C is convenience. All right. So are you easy to work with? Look at your hours, look at your staff. You have think about this from you as a business owner. We all have that one staff member that if you're making a change or you have to talk to them like, man, am I going to talk to Sally today or is it easier if I just don't say anything and not have a become a confrontation? Whatever you say, they're a victim or they get instantly defensive, right? When a patient has an issue and they come and talk to you, do you have an issue? Do you, Are you instantly defensive or do you actually hear them and try to help? Too often we listen so we can just tell them the answer we want to tell them, right? Make sure that you're easy to work with. If they have an issue, you hear them out and you find a solution for them. That kind of goes back into personalizing your care, but be convenient in everything that you do, not only from a customer service standpoint, from your hours, can they order contacts easily, can they make appointments online, how easy are you to work with. The easier you are to work with, the more patients will want to be at your office. The last thing I want to talk about is communication. Okay, this can go back to being you know, personalized care, being proactive, competent, convenient, It all comes down to communication. Are you conveying what you're trying to do to your patients? At the end of the day, we just want to make our patients happy. We want them to spend money. We want them to keep coming back and have the best possible eye care. Are you conveying that with everything that you do? Whether it's verbal communications, nonverbal communications, how you answer messages, how you answer the phones, are you communicating well? I think something that you can do in the whole big picture when it comes to the doctor portion is, Make sure you're asking questions. Do they understand what you're telling them? I had this happen again this week. So you guys have college students or if you have high school kids that are just noses in books, reading on computers all the time, and they're accommodative insufficient. So they're a low hyperope and they complain they can't see, but they read 2020 plus 50 here and there, and you try to explain that to them. Well, I had a patient... I get this all the time with Grand Valley college students and I explained it to her. I literally felt like I took an extra 10, 15 minutes to go over everything. I didn't have anyone after her. So I took the time, explained it. Do you understand? Yes, she understood. And I get a call from the mom two days later that she's in tears. She doesn't know why she can't see this and that. And I tried to explain it over the phone. End of the day, we kind of got on the same page, but where was the disconnect? And I think what happens is, We explain things to patients. We ask them if they understand and they say yes. Go the extra step. Tell me what we just talked about or how are you going to use this new procedure? How are the warm compresses going to help your eyes? 
If they can't regurgitate to you or tell you in some way, shape, or form why they're doing it, they don't really understand. So dig deeper. Repeat what you said. Find a way to get them to tell you more than just, yes, I understand. Don't ask it open-ended. Make them explain it to you. Make sure that your treatment, your care is making it to them. I think that extra step goes a long way. Having handouts that have uh, common conditions, common things that you're talking about that explains it a little more in depth that they can take home and read. Something to consider. Overall though, just make sure that you know you can't work, you can't function without patients. You got the two P's, the three C's, employ those in your office. You're going to be better for it and grow like never before. All right, so two patients that were seen at an office that wasn't mine, and then I saw them this week. All right, and before I get going into this segment on Office Talk, I want you to know that we are here for you. One of the things that I've always kind of prided myself on is I can do this on my own. I don't need anyone else, and I'm a solo doc. Well, 10 years later, I've realized that Guess what? My colleagues, my friends have a lot of insight that I can learn and apply to my office. I don't necessarily have to do what they're doing, but getting feedback, getting information from other people going through similar circumstances is very helpful. During this time of COVID, it's awesome to know that I'm not alone. So if you guys have any questions, any concerns, send me an email, DM me on Twitter, send me a Facebook message. I want to hear from you. Know you're not alone. We're in this together. Let me know how I can help out. I'll give you my perspective. If nothing else, I'll let you know that I've probably went through the same thing. And that's why we're here to help you out at the Ultimate OD. So you know I'm getting close to an office meeting because customer service is on my mind. Whenever I have office meetings, that's one of the things that I just pound into my my staff member's head. So let's talk a little office talk and kind of give you an idea of where I'm at in my office. And I'm sure you guys are right there with me. So first and foremost, whenever you have those office meetings, are you spreading your message? Are you making sure your staff knows why you function, why you come to work every day? And for me, it's customer service, making sure we take care of patients. I talked to two of my friends this week that one's in Minnesota, the other's in Owasso. Dr. Haas, if you're listening, this is a shout out to you. But we were talking how with COVID kind of spiking right now, we're seeing a little, little more than usual, our numbers of patients are dwindling. We're not quite as busy as we were, and it made me feel good. Not that we were dwindling a little bit, but we're not alone. So know that everyone out there, everyone's having spikes, everyone's having issues, and we're in this together. So if you guys aren't talking, if you're afraid to be like, man, is it just me? Talk to your friends, talk to your colleagues. It made me feel better to know that we're not the only ones that are seeing a ebb and flow where we're crazy busy one day and a little slower than we usually are the other. It's happening to everyone. So know that it's not just you, but two, you have to be fundamentally sound. When you get to these times, when the first lockdown happened, my thought process was, holy crap, how am I going to stay afloat? What's my burn rate? Do I have enough cash to survive? Well, if we get another shutdown or whatnot, I've experienced that. I really am not worried. We are going to come back. We're going to have pent up demand. My patients are know, we're val- know that they need us. We need them. But that's something that we need to convey during this time that we're all going through craziness. Their lives are turned upside down. They don't know if they're going to have jobs tomorrow. How can we be here to help you? 
What can we do to make your life easier, to give you a little bit of normalcy in this crazy time that we're living in? So take care of your patients. I don't care what that means. Do not rub people the wrong way. They are getting a push around every which way. You have to be something normal, something solid, something they can know that they're going to come back to. All right. So make sure you find a way. That's going to be my big message at my meeting that, hey, we may close. We may be a little slower. I don't know what's going to be be happening. We're essential. So we, we know that now we're going to be open. We may adjust hours, but you guys are going to have jobs as staff members and the patients will come back. I start prepping your staff right now because if you're going to furlough them, if you're going to you know lay people off during this time, if that's how your finances are going, let them know, hey, this is on the horizon. Make sure you're planning accordingly. The more transparent you can be, the better off it's going to be long term. Like I told my staff, hey, we're going to be fine. This is coming down the road. Don't let it throw you off. I know that they're going to come back. We just had this happen. They they forget yesterday, right? So they don't remember three months ago or some of your staff members might be new. Give them a sense of comfort. The other thing I will say that I'm really focusing on right now is training my staff, right? We have a little bit of downtime with gaps in the schedule. Don't let it be for not. Don't let idle hands run or muck in your office. Find a way to make them better. What can you be better at in terms of the things we talked about for customer service? Insurances, optical. Make sure you're training them to be better so when you're busy again, your all systems go. You have the most trained staff as before. Because the thing that we complained about when we're super busy was we don't have time for staff development. We don't have time to implement new things into our office. Take advantage. This is when you should do it. I know the first time I locked down, my mind was racing and I couldn't do what I needed to. I'm much more focused now. Make sure you take advantage of that. Now, fun story about, uh, I won't call it myopia management because it's just orthokeratology, but in my myopia management patients, they've always had mom and dad with them and they are compliant. They show up for their visits. Mom and dad are very strict about when they're putting their retainers in, right? Well, I had my first, not my first, my a CRT patient that wasn't an adult that was about 22 years old. And day one, we started. She was supposed to come in first thing in the morning. Couldn't get a hold of her. No show. Left a bunch of messages. Got to lunch. My office manager called me at about 1130. Said that she overslept. She just woke up. Do we still want her to come in? I said, absolutely. Just still come in. Well, the first night she wore them. Took them off at 7 a.m. and went right back to bed. And then came in and obviously she's not going to have the treatment they were hoping for. So I saw that it wasn't horrible. It was great considering, you know, first night and that she hadn't wore them in a few hours. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, just keep wearing them. I think you're going to be good where we go from here. Come in one week follow up and showed up on time. I was pumped. My staff, my tech took the scans and I like to review those before I go and talk to the patient. And I looked at them again. It looked like day one scans. I'm like, this doesn't look like we're getting a good outline or the lens is not fitting. What in the world's going on? Then my tech came in and presented to me before I went to talk to her. She said, yeah, she was doing really good. She said, uh, the last night, I'm guessing night or two, she didn't get a chance to wear them, but she wore them last night and she's really happy with how things are going. So I took a look and then had a talk with the patient and she's pumped. She loves them. She goes, yeah, I just... When I remember to wear them, I think they're going to be really good. I, I just really like them. I just got to remember to wear them. And this was the first time I had a non-compliant patient that I really wasn't sure if it's going the way I wanted, but she's super happy. 
So I think that's, again, going back to protocol. Is she hurting herself? Absolutely not. The cornea looks fine. The lenses are fitting well. I've evaluated them on her eyes. It's just compliance. Is she wearing them? If she was unhappy, we'd, I'd be a little more worried that we're going to have to do a refund or find find something else. But she's pumped. So again, I'm personalizing care and learning that I have new challenges with every demographic that I see. My young kids, they're afraid to put them on. My 22-year-olds, they're not going to be as compliant. They aren't consistent necessarily in their sleep schedule and they don't care as much because, you know, mom and dad are usually paying for it and they're on their own. So they're not getting supervised either. And then my adult patients, they are challenging whether or not it's worth it or do they have enough money for them? Usually they're like, you know what? I have my kids. I'll take care of them first and there's no money left over for them. I have three kids under four. I get it. But those are challenges that I face. These are things that are happening in my office. Whether or not they're happening in yours, I think it's good for us to have other people that you know are going through things that that are similar. So I hope you pick one thing from this talk that you're experiencing and know you're not alone. Tune in next week. We'll have a little more office talk, myopia management, and we're going to get through this together, my friends. Where, oh, where did the time go? We're to that part of the podcast where we have our closing thought of the day. When you listen to this, it'll be a Friday going to the weekend. So let's end it on a, on a positive note or give you some perspective and some food for thought. Something I heard this week that I think rang very true is that when it comes to starting your business, when you're running your practice, we are never short on passion. Everyone is very passionate about what we do. We love it. We find the latest lens, latest technology. We're growing our offices. It's awesome. We're ready to go. Passion is not the problem. The problem is endurance, right? Do you have the energy to stick this out? When I listen to other people doing podcasts, you know, they say we're good for one, two, 25 episodes is usually the cutoff. After 25 episodes, a lot of podcasts will just stop. When it looks to running your office, How long after that meeting are you willing to implement the change that you just learned about? And usually it's a day or a week. You'll try something new. You get pushed back from the staff and you're like, ah, screw that. We'll just go back to doing what we're doing. We weren't that bad anyways. Do you have the endurance to finish what you started? To be great, you have to show up every day. You have to find juice. You have to find your motivation. You have to know what you're fighting for. And that comes back down to that vision, my friends. Know your vision, know your why. Find a way to make that passion have an eternal flame to get you through. And something that I've learned along the way is you can't get too high and you can't get too low. If you live and die with your end of the day total or the patients on the schedule, how many patients you saw for a week, you're going to burn yourself out real quick. Know that you're growing, know that you're getting better, know that what you want to be is a day closer every time that you wake up. So find that energy, find that passion, but find a way to have the endurance to finish what you started. That's all I got. Dr. Lily out. (laughs) 
We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.